0: hello hello guys welcome back to another episode of the gospel alone how are you guys doing today hope you're doing good. I hope you've been having a good day. Hope you've been having a good week, good weekend, depending on when you're listening to this. I hope you guys are enjoying the beautiful weather that we're now having. Well, as I'm recording this, it is beautiful. I think it's like in the 80s right now, 81 degrees. Yeah, 81 degrees. It is beautiful outside. So um, yeah, so I hope you guys are enjoying um, today and this beautiful weather. Um, <laughs> This is going to be an interesting episode. I'm going to say that off the bat because I know what brought y'all here already. And that's the title. <laughs> that's the title of this episode. We're going to actually get right in. We're going to get right into it. Okay. Because I, there's a lot that goes into this topic. Um, so much that I am not going to be able to cover every single thing in this episode, but we're gonna try to touch the surface of this topic. So what we're gonna be talking about today is female pastors. So the question is, are women allowed to serve as pastors in the church according to the Bible, right? Um, This has been a topic that I think um, over the past year and a half, Yeah, over the past year and a half, I've been studying this particular topic in relation to, you know, what is a woman's role in the church? What, according to scripture, what can or can't a woman do in terms of certain roles in the home even, right, as well as the church? So for the past year and a half, I've been studying it and I am still diligently studying this topic even right now um even to prepare for this episode I have been studying extensively so that I can give you guys the best answers and the best the the best facts laid out in scripture without you know giving false information <laughs> What I can say is this this topic about female pastors you know women serving in the role of a pastor or elder this is one of the most hotly debated and controversial, controversial issues in the church today. This is one of the most hotly debated issues. And I think that is what drove me even more to research this topic, to um, study my scriptures, to study the scriptures more, and to also talk about this on the podcast because what is hotly debated and what is controversial, I wanna know about it. <laughs> I wanna study it. And I want to bring that information along to, um, for all of us to kind of like get more into it and challenge ourselves to grow, and to um, not be complacent in terms of like you know not just being okay with knowing what we've always known you know since we were young, but you know to actually you know do the research and um, to really take time out to carefully study topics related to this and how scripture talks about it. So that is one of the main reasons why I was like, oh I we, we gotta talk about this. We we gotta talk about this on the episode. <laughs> like I said before, there are so many things. So 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 many angles that go into this topic. I can talk about it for days, but I can't talk about every single thing. There's just absolutely no way. Even when I was doing my research, it's 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 a lot, right? So I'm just going to get through the main things and kind of um, just scratch the surface on this topic. Um, This is a topic that, like I said, I'm still currently studying. So this topic about women serving as pastors, this is an issue or this is a topic of roles specifically in the church and as well as the home. We can take it into the home, um, as you'll see later. But this is not speaking of woman serving as like an authority figure in workplaces or anything like that. This is just specifically talking about the church, the context of the church, as well as we can bring it to the home too. So a couple of things just to keep in mind um, before I go into the specific verses that talk about this issue. We study scripture and we learn to seek the truth, right? So I am going to encourage you guys to really, really listen with an open heart with open ears and an open bible i through studying this topic even in my own life and you know through the research i've seen i've seen how easy it is for us to not want to hear about or believe certain things pertaining to women being allowed or not being allowed to be pastors because you know we place our culture above what scripture says which is totally opposite of what we should be doing I know I've seen a lot of people, even when I've actually talked about this topic to someone, I've I've heard um, phrases like, "Well, I'm not going to believe that because that's not what I was taught growing up," or "This is not what my culture believes, so I'll I'll reject it." I have really heard those things before, and not even just on topics related to women being pastors, but other controversial topics. Um, I've heard these statements said plenty of times before, but our culture and what has been taught to us since we were babies they're not the final authority scripture is the final authority and as believers we are children of God first and foremost before anything else so if something we believed in for decades or something that we practice even with our even within our own culture if it contradicts the word of God Our response should be to reject that particular thing, not reject what God has said about it in his word. So I just wanted to um, preface that so that we can approach this topic with humility And also approach this topic with the desire to learn and to grow and to dig even deeper in the word of God. These are doctrines in the Bible. These are topics in the Bible that we can't just bypass and ignore because, you know, we don't like them. You know, we need to do our, I I really do believe, um, we need to do our due diligence and seek to understand what God is saying in his word through prayer, careful studying, and also through research. So... I just wanted to say those things before we get into it. So the main scripture that um, we usually, or people usually go to, um, to talk about what the Bible says about women preaching in the context of the church is 1 Timothy 2, 11 through 14. But before I even read it, before we go there, I do have to address one thing. And this is like the backdrop behind what the two positions that people hold concerning this topic. So there's a position called egalitarian, and then there's a position called complementarian. I'm sure you guys have heard those terms before, but those are technically like the two two positions that are held concerning not just this topic, but really concerning ones that views on many, many things, but just focusing on this topic alone of female pastors Let's just talk about egalitarian and versus complementarian. So the term complementarian, someone that holds to a complementarian viewpoint is someone who believes that both genders, male and female, they are equal in God's sight and they possess the same dignity, value, worth, respect, all of that. They are equal in essence. You know, they believe that no gender is superior to the other. However, when it comes to roles, God, through his own purpose, you know, he he has ordained that men and women possess different roles and functions, mainly within the church and the home as seen in Genesis um, chapter one, as well as in Ephesians five, you know, pertaining to the roles of, of the husband and a wife in the home, right? So these roles, these differing roles and functions are purposeful and meaningfully distinct. Okay. So that is complementarian that's what people who hold to a complementarian viewpoint believe according to scripture and then there is egalitarian so egalitarian in the beginning it holds the same um, viewpoint in terms of worth those that hold to the egalitarian position or viewpoint believe that you know believe the same thing as a complementarian that there is no superiority within the genders. So male and female, they have the same worth, dignity, value. There's um, no one that's more superior or, le- or more inferior than the other. However, egalitarians also believe that just like there's no distinction within the genders in terms of their worth and value, there is no distinction in the roles that they play either in the church and the home. So egalitarians, they see gender distinction as a result as a result of the fall, and Christ's redemption as removing those distinctions. So now, after Christ's redemption on the cross, that brings unity within not only the genders, but also within the roles that the genders, that each gender play. Complementarianism, they see gender distinction as a result of creation, and Christ's redemption as a result, or as a return to those distinctions, you know, avoiding that confusion. Um, so yeah, so they both believe that men and women are equal and have the same worth and value, but th- their viewpoints just differ on what that looks like in terms of roles in the church and in the home. Now I'm going to say it now, um, looking at what scripture says and really studying it, I, I definitely lean more towards a complementarian position because I do believe that the word of God gives us more grounds and support for that position which you know as we bring up more scripture and talk about it and kind of like dissect it we'll 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 see the bigger picture we'll we'll kind of get into it a little bit more um so yeah like i said the main scripture that a lot of people go to in relation to this topic is first timothy 2 11 through 14. also first corinthians 14 through 34 i believe 34 through 35 is also a central passage to this topic. However, our focus is going to be more on 1 Timothy 2, 11 through 14. Um, So I'm going to quickly read what it says. It says, let a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness. I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. So this is Paul writing to Timothy, you know, a young believer, and he's kind of giving he, he's giving instructions on how to run a church, how to ordain pastors and elders and how to um, um, and the qualifications of these pastors and elders. And just so we're on the same page and we're defining our terms. Elder, pastor, overseer, you know, those terms in the New Testament are used to refer to the same office. So those terms are usually used interchangeably. So when I say elder, and then maybe sometimes I'll say pastor, I'm talking about the same office, which is basically a shepherd of the church, someone who is an overseer, someone who teaches the scriptures um, to a a congregation, right? So that's what scripture means um, when they use those terms. So by reading 1 Timothy 2, um, looking at the context, we can extract two things that Paul is saying concerning a woman's role in the church. Because again, um, this particular passage, the context of it is referring to church, the local body of Christ. So the first thing that Paul is saying here is that woman shouldn't teach men. Women aren't allowed to publicly teach scripture slash, you know, doctrine to men in the church, in the context of the church. Now, I'm going to again, I'm going to explain all these things and I'm even going to bring up objections to this particular view or what the scripture says. So I'm going to show the two sides of it. But for right now, let's just look at what the scripture says and let's extract from context and from historical context, let's extract what Paul is saying from it, right? So yeah, so he's saying two things in this passage. Number one, women shouldn't teach men. And then number two, women shouldn't have a spirit, women shouldn't have spiritual authority over men. So those are the two things that Paul really truly brought out in this particular passage. He did also say one thing that I, kind of want to address a little and then we'll just pass it. We'll, we'll just kind of like go over it because there are a lot of things to talk about. So he did say, where is it? In verse 12, he says that rather a woman should remain quiet. In context, quiet could refer to women being quiet in regards to the teaching responsibility. This is where First Corinthians 14 also comes into play because Paul is basically saying that within the context of the church, that women should keep silent in the churches, you know, for they are not permitted to speak and, you know, so forth, so forth. The thing about this is that Paul is not likely saying this as an absolute prohibition of, you know, you know, women not being allowed to speak in the church and just keeping quiet because in the same book of, 1 Corinthians, we see Paul permitting women to pray and prophesy in the church, which means um, they need to talk. (laughs) They're prophesying and praying in the church requires one to talk. I mean, you could technically pray within, you know, within yourself um, quietly, but Paul in 1 Corinthians, the context of that is women publicly praying and publicly prophesying within the church. So I don't think this verse, 1 Corinthians 14 or 1 Timothy 2, 12 is saying that women should just completely shut up and just not talk at all. I mean, I think we just have to look at the context of the whole picture. But again, this first First Corinthians fourteen isn't the main focus of this of this topic. However, I just wanted to talk about that a little, just you know, so we can see how it still correlates with you know what we're talking about today. So there's basically only two things that Paul. Just looking at the scripture, there are two things that Paul. Is restricting women from doing according to this passage, and that's teaching men in the church, you know, pastoring a church with a mixed audience of men and women, and then also having spiritual authority over men. Other than that, there are no other restrictions from doing anything else within the church. And since the role of, you know, elder, pastor, you know, overseer, since you know, that role is grounded in their ability. And the command for them to teach, this obviously would, you know, exclude women from operating in this role, operating in the role of an elder or a pastor, because we see in first Timothy, um, the qualifications also in Titus, it talks about the qualifications of an elder. So that's kind of what we can take from just looking at first Timothy two. Now, I will say, when I was doing my research on this, right? And because I didn't just want to look at one side, I wanted to look at uh, two sides to this topic. I was looking and there are a lot of objections to, to what scripture says pertaining to, you know, a woman not being able to teach and what Paul meant by, you know, a woman not being able to pastor or to teach a man in the context of a church and all that stuff. There are a lot of objections, y'all. <laughs> if I told y'all all the objections that I saw, we would be spending at least three hours on it. I mean, cause it goes really deep. I mean, looking at what egalitarian scholars say versus what complementarian scholars are saying Um, and then looking at the Greek terms and the context of everything there are so many things (laughs) I don't want to use this episode to confuse anyone so we're going to just keep it minimal Um, I'm just going to give a couple of objections related to this topic related to a woman not being able to preach or teach a man um, in the context of a church These are the biggest ones I've seen, so I'll just talk about the biggest ones. Um, The first one is that, you know, the prohibition that Paul laid out in 1 Timothy about a woman not being able to teach a man, that this prohibition is based off the fact that back then, women were uneducated. So people that hold especially to the view of egalitarian, the egalitarian viewpoint, will say that... Oh well, Paul prohibited women from teaching men in the church and from having uh, spiritual authority over a man because at that time women were uneducated. But now, in our day today, in our society today, both men and women receive equal education. Therefore, this passage no longer applies. So that that's that's the objection. That's what. That's what um, those that mainly hold to egalitarian viewpoint will say. So here's the thing. Looking at the context of Paul writing in First Timothy 2, Paul gives us two reasons for the prohibition in which neither of these reasons actually pertain to women being uneducated so remember I think it was in episode 2 where I said and when we're studying a scripture we all scripture must always be studied contextually so we need to look at the context of the scripture um, and also historical context as well when we just look at the context of Paul what Paul is saying in 1st Timothy 2 Paul tells us in verse um, 13 of 1st Timothy 2 the reason for women not being permitted to teach or to exercise authority over a man in the context of the church. Number one, the first reason is basically order of creation, which I will I will get into a little bit more later on. But the order of creation is one of the reasons why women sh- do not have, aren't permitted to have that particular role. He says that Adam was formed first. You know, verse 13 says, for Adam was formed first and then eve so that's basically speaking to the order of creation the gender roles in the church as well as the home as we will also see later it's not because of the fall as egalitarians usually say but it's rooted in the way and in the order that god created man and woman which is seen in genesis one so you know based off of how god create based off of the order that god created man and woman he it, it goes that same order goes into what the church looks like and what the home, what marriage looks like and how these roles differ. And like I said, we'll we'll look at that a little bit later on when I discuss um, how everything kind of comes together um, and what it looks like also in marriage. So, yeah, so that was the first reading reason order of creation. The second reason that Paul gave this prohibition, as we can see in the scripture, is because the woman was the one that was deceived. He says that in verse 14, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Now, here's the thing. They actually both sinned. (laughs) Adam sinned. Eve sinned. They all sinned. Okay, Eve wasn't the one that sinned and then Adam was, you know, He was cleared of all his wrongdoing. No, they both sinned. But the difference is that Eve sinned first due to deception. Okay. She was the one that was deceived by the snake. While Adam sinned, his sin was conscious conscious and willful. You know, so he willfully and consciously sinned because he knew. What He he knew he shouldn't have done that. He knew he shouldn't have taken part in eating of the fruit. However, he was deceived because she was lied to. So Paul gives that as reason number two, that because the woman was the one that was really deceived. So those are the two reasons that Paul gives. Nowhere in the scripture does Paul give the reasoning for that prohibition to be because women were uneducated. And... That really can't be the context of this scripture because majority of God's, majority of the disciples were not even educated, yet they taught. Majority of uh, Jesus' disciples didn't have even basic education. So if education, if if being uneducated is a reason for someone to not have the role of a pastor or for someone to not um, be able to teach men, then that would exclude all, almost all of the disciples so that is why that objection usually falls by the wayside because it's not it, it, it paul doesn't give that reasoning and also because just looking at it logically it doesn't fit with the um with the saying that oh, this prohibition is because of women were because women were uneducated at that time. So, that's the first objection. The second objection that people usually make concerning this is that well, women held positions of authority over men in the Bible, so that means that women should be able to exercise their authority over men and be able to teach men in the context of a church. The case of Priscilla and Aquila teaching Apollos in Acts eighteen is. The example that usually comes up, you know, how Priscilla and Aquila, they pulled Apollos to the side and ex- explained the gospel more accurately to him. I mean, it 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 makes, I can see where this um, objection comes from. Because yeah, Priscilla, who was a woman, was basically teaching Apollos, who was a man, the gospel. And it looks like, oh wait, I thought Paul said women shouldn't teach men. Right. But the two things here that, I mean, we can kind of see that differs from what Paul is saying is Priscilla and Aquila, they didn't teach Apollos publicly. It wasn't in the context of a church. It was in there. They pulled him aside and explained the gospel to him more accurately. This text doesn't mention anything about, you know, Priscilla pastoring a church or having spiritual authority over a man. It just says that, you know, she, along with her husband, explained the gospel to Apollos. So again, 1 Timothy 2 is in the context of the local church, the body. And in this case, this was done privately, not publicly, not publicly preaching or public teaching. And then pertaining to women holding positions of authority or men in the Bible, I believe Phoebe in Romans 16 is also usually brought up to counteract the prohibition that Paul gives. Phoebe in in, um, Romans 16 is basically called by Paul a deacon. But here's the thing again with that, objection. Paul doesn't say she was a pastor in a mixed church Congregation, like in a mixed gender, um, church congregation, he just calls her a deacon, and then there's so much that goes on with that. Even like, in terms of the Greek word that Paul used for deacon, did he just did he mean the actual office of deacon, or did he mean a servant? You know, so just looking at the Greek terms, there's there's a whole, <laughs> another discussion about that, but we're gonna just like kind of like bypass that for right now because it's 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 we're gonna be here forever, <laughs> so. Paul doesn't say that, you know, she was preaching to a preaching to men in the context of a church, a local church. And then also in terms of deacon, Paul calling her a deacon, um, being able to teach is a qualification is a qualification that's given to pastors and elders, not to deacons. So, again, even if, you know, yes, she's called a deacon. um, Paul is not saying, yeah, because you're a deacon, you should then go teach because that's not a qualification that that office, that particular office holds. And then lastly, another objection pertaining to women holding positions of authority over men in the Bible is that a lot of people will talk about the Old Testament and they will say that, you know, women were judges in the Old Testament, which is very, very true. There were women that were judges in the Old Testament. I believe Deborah was one of the, um, female judges, one of the main female judges that a lot of people are familiar with. But even with that, that really has nothing to do with the context of, (laughs) doesn't really have much to do with the context of the church and in the home as described in the New Testament. And not only that, but women being judges that that's, pastoring, again, not pastoring or teaching in a church, in a mixed um, gender audience. So that's outside of really the the church in the home. So that kind of doesn't really, from looking at scripture, you know, just looking at both sides, that particular objection doesn't really hold to me. But I mean, I could definitely see where people come from when, you know, they say that. But yeah, those are like the three main objections to What Paul was saying in 1 Timothy 2 about women not being able to teach or exercise authority over men. But yeah, some other quick objections is that, you know, the reason for this command was that women were teaching false doctrine in Ephesus. And so, yeah, some people believe that Paul gave this prohibition because women were teaching false doctrine. And in order for them to stop teaching false doctrine, Paul had to kind of like silence them. So people use that as an objection. Another objection that people use is. This passage only prohibits a wife from teaching slash exercising authority over her husband. Since the Greek word, since the Greek words for man and woman in this passage can also mean and be applied to wife and husband. So, yeah, those are all the objections to women not being able to teach in the church or, you know, you know, basically having the role of a elder or pastor. What we can see when we look at this scripture is that there are a couple of things that Paul is definitely not saying in this text. One of the things is the scripture isn't saying that women are literally not allowed to talk in the church. I talked about it a little bit earlier when I brought first Corinthians 14 up about, you know, women being silent in the church because Paul calls women again to pray and to prophesy in the church, which is in 1 Corinthians 11, 5, I believe. Paul says women are to do that. Women are to pray. Women are to prophesy in the church. And in order to do that, you have to talk. <laughs> so yeah, um, I don't think that's what the scripture means. And not only that, but women in Titus 2, 3 through 5, women are instructed to teach other women. And children. So it can be that Paul doesn't give us context in terms of like where women are to do this. He doesn't say you can't do it in the church. You can only do it in the home. You can only do it in the coffee shop setting or whatever. But Women are instructed to teach other women and children. And so if that's in in the church, in the home, wherever, then that also includes talking and not just being silent. So yeah, I don't think scripture is basic. I don't think this particular passage is saying that women are to literally um, not talk and keep shut in the church. I also don't believe this scripture is saying that women are more gullible than men or more easily deceived than men. Because, you know, Paul does say one of the reasons is You know, one of the reasons for women not being able to teach is because, you know, Eve was the one that was deceived. Nowhere does it say that women are more gullible and women are more deceived than men. Because if that was the case, if women are easily deceived, why would Paul instruct women to teach other women? How could women who are easily deceived teach other women who are easily deceived? (laughs) So, so yeah, this passage doesn't mean that. And then. It definitely, 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 this passage does not mean that women are inferior to men because feminists, uh, feminists would have a field day <laughs> with this topic because a lot of people tend to see it as, oh, th- like the Bible is um, sexist, you know, that the Bible believes that women are inferior to men and so forth. Like, No. This passage doesn't say anything like that. Actually, like the Bible, all throughout scripture, example Galatians 3, it makes it clear that male and female, we are all one, especially those who are in Christ. We are all one in Christ if you're a believer. If you're a believer, women are just as equal in worth, value, dignity, and deserving of respect as men. So this scripture does not even allude to women being inferior to men so that we can definitely cancel out yeah I just wanted to bring up um those three things because I feel like when we are able to see what scripture is not saying it'll help us to see okay this is what it actually is saying so yeah like if we go back to what I was saying in the beginning about the two reasons why Paul gave this prohibition you know, one of the reasons being creation, you know, the order of creation, Adam being created first, which is spoken of in Genesis one, you see how well this, like how well the rest of scripture corroborates the fact that Paul in first Timothy two could truly mean that women are not to teach or exercise authority over men, as it says, regardless of the time period. I think that Personally, me, from the study, I think that passage is for all time, not just for that particular time. An example, again, is Genesis 1, you know, the order of creation, Adam being created first. Both Adam and Eve were given dominion over the land, but God gave different roles to them both. And we see that in marriage, you know, husbands, the husband's role in the home is to be the leader, the head, the spiritual authority over the home. Women aren't called to do that. They aren't called to take on that role. And vice versa, women, our role in the home as wives is to be submissive, is to be the helper. Men are not called to that role. And so, although men and women are equal, even in marriage, we can see that there is a distinction in roles between the genders. And we, we see the differences in these roles, even in marriage, as Ephesians 5 tells us. However, again, like I said before, Galatians 3 makes it clear that we are all one. You know, our worth and our value in Christ is all the same. But in order for the home and now taking it out to the church in order for the home and the church to function, God according to his own desires, you know, it's 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 what it's his will. <laughs> according to according to God's own desires, he created differing roles for men and women to play and to heed to in the home and in the church. I, I believe differing roles, the difference of roles in the church and in the home shows how God is a God of order, not a God of confusion roles and different functions are used for the benefit of the body of Christ. Just like we see this in the body of Christ, there are different functions and different members. So the eye has a different function than the arm. The leg has a different function than the mouth. And so all of these parts of a body, you know, they although they have different functions, they make up the whole human body you know they make up a whole multi-functioning human to do great things and so it's the same with the body of christ you know in the church and in the home the wife and the husband they are both equal in every way however they have different roles and that's to make the home function well and to create order in the home and the same thing with the church, you know, although we are all equal and all one in Christ in the church and the body of Christ, we all have different functions. And God's desire is in terms of gender for for each gender to have their different roles and different functions in the church. So I, I say that because I know a lot of people can see it as a bad thing, but if we really look at the gospel and what it is and, and, and what God's desire is for the body of Christ and for the home and the church, it shows how purposeful god is in his creation right just like in the home although like as women our role isn't to be the leader. It's not to be the head. There are so many things we can do in the home. That there, there's no other restriction in terms of what wives are to do in the home, except for we aren't called to be the leaders. We're not called to be the head of our homes. That's what the men are called to do in their homes. So same thing in the church. You know, there are many roles that women can play within the church. For example, like I said earlier, teaching other women and children. Paul commands and commands and instructs women women to do that prophesying and praying operating in the gifts of the spirit paul permits that it seems like paul permits that in first corinthians 11 just like men women are to demonstrate the fruits of the spirit in the church in the home outside in the world and so forth women are called to ministry just as men are called to ministry but basically basically women are the scripture permits women to do everything and serve in Every role besides the role of an elder and a pastor. That's what it seems when we look at 1 Corinthians 2, uh, When we look at First Timothy 2, we can see that Paul restricts this particular role. Since the role, the qualification of an elder and a pastor um, is to teach. And of course, women aren't allowed to teach over men in the context of a church. So yeah, I know that was heavy. I know that was a lot. I know even that topic, even as I'm speaking ruffled, <laughs> ruffled some feathers okay it was as i was doing doing my own research over the past year and a half it was even ruffling my feathers because i never actually really studied this topic and i actually never really heard much of much of this topic i never really read first timothy 2 and if i did i probably glanced over it and never paid attention and so i don't actually i don't i don't want to really say it ruffled my feathers because i was basically learning this topic from a clean slate, (laughs) meaning that before studying this topic almost two years ago, I never had a solid standpoint on it. So it was slightly easy for me to go into studying scripture in this topic with an open mind. And honestly, like even as I was doing my own studying, like I, I had a couple of questions and even like some concerns, you know, that even up until today, I still have in regards to this topic. Again, complementarian position, I think it's biblical through studying the text, the original Greek language, and even the meaning behind it. I think scripture gives support to the complementarian position, which is men and women being equal, but they just have different roles within the church and in the home. And y'all, it just started pouring down raining in the middle of me talking. So if you hear rain in the background, that's why. It's crazy. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, I'm going to try to ignore it. <laughs> but anyway, so what was I even saying? Yeah, yeah. So this can become an issue because some see this issue, you know, the issue of women preaching, women being pastors in the church. They see this. Some see this as a secondary issue in Christianity, you know, so meaning this is not an issue to be divided over. This is not a heaven or hell issue, you know, and so forth. Um, it's not a self issue. While others I have heard say that it's not a matter of it being a secondary or a tertiary issue, but it's actually a matter of you being in sin if you are a woman going against what the Bible teaches concerning this topic. So I find that very interesting that even in regards to that, there are differing (laughs) positions. Again, I'm still studying this scripture. Again, I, I am leaning more towards taking what Paul says as being serious and as something that holds even for our day-to-day. But in terms of like secondary issue and primary issue and all that, you know, I'm still looking and still learning and researching and all that. Um, My opinion though, here's the thing in terms of what I think, this is just my opinion now. I don't think the church, and I say this generally speaking, okay, because I know there are churches out there that do well in regards to this, but I don't think some churches do a great job creating ministries and groups for women to really flourish in, you know, to be partners and sharing the gospel within their local church if they're not allowed to take on the role of an elder or a pastor. I think churches should do better in creating these avenues and creating these ministries and ideas even for women to operate in without going against what scripture says in, you know, first Timothy two. So that's just my opinion. I, I just think churches, some churches need to do better at that. So yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of it. I mean, I know this is a little longer <laughs> than in normal episodes, but I think sometimes it's needed. Sometimes it's just needed. I think it's important to talk about these things, you know, differing roles and worth and all that stuff. Again, differing roles doesn't mean women are inferior to men. said that before. We've looked at that and we've seen how, you know, scripture, scripture doesn't support that idea. It reminds me of who God has revealed himself to be, right? The Trinity, him being a triune God. You know, although all three persons of the Godhead make up one God, even within the Trinity, there are different roles that all three play. Yes, God is um, the, God the Son, God the Father, God the Holy Spirit. You know, they're all equal in essence and substance and nature and so forth. But God the Son played a different role than God the Father. It wasn't God the Father that came down and put on flesh. It was God the Son, Jesus, that came down and put on flesh and was the one that died on the cross. The Holy Spirit's role in the Godhead is to convict to teach, to fill up a a believer. So even within the Godhead, there, although there are different roles, it does not make God the Son inferior to God the Father. And it doesn't make God the Holy Spirit, uh, God the Holy Spirit inferior to God the Father, you know. And so I think that fits well with how God decided to create, to, to go about with his creation. The gospel is so special that it calls us all to repent and walk with the Lord. There is no superiority gender wise, um, but, the, but the gospel also calls all believers to function in the way that God has called us to and use our various gifts for his glory and the betterment of the body. So I believe this brings the utmost joy it brings order and love as we love others through the differences that we have so yeah i really hope that what was said challenge you challenges you to go and um study this topic for yourself and even any other topic that may be controversial to really go and you know just seek truth and to just to, and to also like grow in your knowledge and grow in scripture again let me let me know guys what you think I really appreciate you guys making it this far. (laughs) There's still so much more to say about this, but hey, who knows? Maybe we'll talk about it later. Please, 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 please. I really encourage you guys to subscribe. Subscribe to this podcast. It really helps it. And again, let me know what you guys think. Rate it, review it, share it, and let's have dialogue. So yeah, I hope you guys have a great day. And I will see you guys in the next episode.